0: So I'd like to give a little context for our practice today and for the retreat. Since this is um, a retreat oriented towards awareness and understanding awareness and learning how to be aware, awake, and present, Um, there's many things involved in that process. Particularly, as I said last night, because we're mostly not so present. So what that requires of us in our practice is training. So retreats are sort of like boot camp for the mind where we do intensive training with our mind and our attention. And if you've ever been to boot camp, (laughs) you know, not necessarily so easy. This is hardly boot camp, (laughs) but it might feel like that at times when you're working with your mind and its wayward habits and tendencies. So this first day of retreat is really um, sort of priming the ground. And we are, in the beginning, just learning and trying to get here. Our body is here, but our mind might still be halfway flying across from New York to, to San Francisco, or Detroit, or wherever you have come from. So, <clears throat> so I think of this, this day as a, as a practice of arriving, arriving into our bodies particularly. Mostly we're not very much in our bodies. We're mostly preoccupied with our mind and our thoughts and the future. And so it takes some time to keep inviting our attention over and over into this moment this breath, this physical experience. And that's the training, and today we'll keep that training very simple. Establishing mindful awareness through attending to the breath, just like we did this morning, last night. Very simple, very straightforward, not so easy because of the habits of mind, right, as you've already seen. So, so the, the word that we're cultivating in Pali, and Sanskrit, is samadhi, which means gathering and collecting and unifying the attention. So that's what we're doing. We're gathering and collecting the scattered habitual tendencies of the mind to orient towards being here, towards being present to our chosen focus, in this case the breath, or in the walking meditation, same thing. And interestingly, one of the supports for concentration, which is a word I don't like to use very much because we have a lot of associations with that word, like will, like forcing, like controlling. Um, the, one of the supports for that gathering collected mind is relaxation and contentment or happiness. That, when, that when, we're, when there's ease in the body and the contentment or well-being in the heart and the mind, the mind's much more able to settle more easily. Not through gritting the teeth and furrowing our brow and willing ourselves by hook or by crook, I'm going to stay with that breath and I'm going to nail it to my attention. Right? That doesn't last for more than a few seconds or minutes, and then we bounce out. So one of the qualities that I want to emphasize today is um, is relaxation. Relaxing into the moment, relaxing into our breath. receiving the breath rather than doing the breath. right? Noticing it's already happening by itself. And I also want to point, point towards the naturalness of awareness. That what we're doing here is something that's very ordinary and natural. We're not adding something to our experience. We're not cultivating anything artificial. So the easiest way into that, understanding that, (coughs) is to, uh, we'll do this practice, which I like to share. It's a fun practice. We'll do it for a minute. And the, 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 the instructions for the practice are don't pay attention, don't be mindful, don't be aware, and don't notice anything. Okay, we can do this for one minute. See if you can sit here and not notice anything. Not be aware of anything. Okay, off you go. One minute. And don't try too hard. I can tell some of you are noticing things. That was the bell, in case you weren't noticing anything, (laughs) in case you were supremely successful. (laughs) So what was that like? What did you notice in that period of not noticing? Anything we like to say? You notice pain in your knees, okay. So you notice physical pain, sensations. What else? You hear both so we hear sounds. What else? And then not noticing, what did you experience? Did anybody succeed in not noticing anything? Right? This is very interesting, right? So mindfulness is you know, cultivation of awareness. So if awareness is the foundation of mindfulness and we're on an awareness retreat and we can't switch it off, this is a good thing, right? Even if you don't try, if you just don't, you really don't try to be aware, you're aware. This is really instructive. So, what's the problem? Why are we here? Why, why do we need an awareness retreat if it's already happening by itself? Thank you very much, happily. <laughs> it's impossible not to be aware unless you're dead. Then who knows what happens. So this is the good news. The good news is awareness is present. Awareness is aware. That's, that's its nature, Right? That's our nature, to be aware. So the second question is, perhaps an equally important question, what are we aware of? What are we paying attention to? If awareness is always aware, what is that awareness going towards being aware of? So this is mostly what we get to discover on in meditation. We get to see where the habit of our attention is, goes. So where do you think your awareness mostly goes to? Thoughts, yeah, goes to our thoughts, right? We spend most of our time attending to our thoughts, and life mostly drift by while we're doing that. And we'll see a lot of that on retreat. We'll see how much we spend our time lost in thought. And so that's a lot of the training, particularly the first day or two of retreat, is noticing our attention has, all by itself as it were, gotten lost and fixated and absorbed into thinking, seemingly of its own accord, even though we were super determined, okay, breath or burst, okay, just two breaths, come on, I can do two breaths. Breathe in, breathe out. God, oh, I feel like I'm in the military. God, my dad was in the military. I wonder what it was like if I, you when know, we go off on the military, you know. One breath, I was one breath, right? So, so we get to see the habits of our mind, which is insightful in itself, right? This is insight meditation. The awareness reveals what's happening. And we have insight into what's revealed. So as 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 despairing as it can be to see how much you, you distract yourself with thinking, it's also instructive to see what's happening, how that happens, where you go, why you go. Right? So we can find some freedom, some choicefulness in that movement rather than just being pushed and pulled along by the habits of our mind. So that's why we need patience. We need uh the Buddha called aditana, certain resolve, certain resolute, certain steadfastness, certain persistence, perseverance to stay here and not follow every little musing, meandering thought. So I want to read something. And then we'll sit. This is from. Pema Chodron, who's a Tibetan meditation teacher, and she's talking about what's called the pith instruction. She says, the pith instruction in meditation is stay, just stay. Learning to stay with ourselves is like, in meditations, like training a dog. If we train a dog by beating it, we'll end up with a rather obedient but terrified dog. The dog may obey, but will also be neurotic and confused. By contrast, training with kindness results in someone who is flexible and confident. It doesn't become upset when situations are unpredictable. So whenever we wander off, we gently encourage ourselves to stay and settle down. Are we experiencing restlessness? Stay. Discursive mind? Stay. A fear and loathing out of control? Stay. Aching knees and throbbing back? Stay. What's for lunch? Stay. What the hell am I doing here? Stay. I can't stand this another minute. Stay. This is how we cultivate steadfastness, right? And you'll have all of those thoughts and meanderings and many others. We notice it, and we stay. And we get bored, and we stay. And we can't stand it, and we stay. And we're loving it, and we want to move in, and we stay, Whatever it is, we stay, we notice it. Okay, so, it's a little overview of orientation to what we're doing today. So, in terms of sitting, um, in terms of the posture, it's useful to find a posture that's comfortable where you can sit upright and relaxed. If you're sitting on the floor, ideally your knees are supported on the, these zabatons, these mats or cushions. There's lots of, lots of mats over there, I think, that were anyway. Um, So, um, you can sit like this, you can kneel which is often a little easier on the knees. You can turn the cushions up on their side. And you can, if this works for your ankles, it's actually a very nice, stable posture, less less pressure on the knees and the hips. So you might play with that at some point. Whatever it is, you want to have a stable foundation. knees, feet, legs. So there's some sense that you can relax, you can ground. And then if you're sitting on a chair, then ideally not, not slouching back. Um, it's not, I like to put a little cushion behind my lower back on the chair so I'm really sitting upright. Because you know? the more that you slouch, the more you're going to just take a nap. Right? Which is okay, but not very wakeful. So take your choice. Um, and then have the hands resting on your legs or in your lap. I like to have my, my uh, hands supported. I have a blanket here, but you can use whatever, just so they're so resting on something so it doesn't pull the shoulders down. So you have the groundedness of the posture. You can roll your shoulders back. Sometimes that helps, just bring a little openness to the chest. And you have the sense that your crown of your head is lifting. So there's a, some space in the back of the neck. You wiggle your head around, just make sure your head is somewhat aligned. So once, and then one last thing I like to do is I like to uh, tilt, make sure my pelvis is tilted forward, which, which, um, allows a natural sort of curve in the lower back. And whether I'm sitting on the floor or cushion, how I get that is I lift up off the, off the cushion and I put my, backside a little further back on the cushion so there's just a little more tilt. You can do that in the chair also. So then when you relax you don't collapse but you actually maintain that structure of the lower back. And then once you find your posture then just relax into it. So you want to be orienting towards stillness. Not sitting rigid like a stone but Orienting towards stillness in that, so there's some sense of settling in the body. So if possible, not responding to every itch and every twitch, we're just letting our body settle. More stillness of the body, you have more stillness of the mind. And then closing the eyes. Closing the eyes isn't comfortable, or you're very sleepy, then have your eyes open, put the gaze downwards. And as you turn, close the eyes and turn the gaze inwards, just note you might notice how the body feels, how the posture feels from the inside. Does it feel aligned upright? relaxed notice if you're holding any tension unnecessarily in your jaw on the shoulders possible softening the belly the face muscles the eyes relaxed and alert And then also just spend a little few more moments just sensing the body, feeling that contact of your body with the ground. You wanna feel like you've, that sense of you've arrived here, this moment, this body, legs, feet, sit bones, touching the ground. Mindfulness of body. Sitting and aware of sitting. Very simple. Very ordinary, very human. And then noticing how the body is breathing. So with mindfulness of breath practice today, allowing the breath to breathe itself. No need to breathe in any special way or in a yogic way Just noticing what is the quality of the breath in this moment, this morning. Deep or shallow. Long or short. Tense or relaxed. Curious where you feel the breath. So We're shifting from an idea and an image to the actual felt sense, physical, visceral experience. Sensations of breath. Noticing any sensations of the nostrils. Cooler air entering. Warmer air leaving. Noticing the breath, feeling the breath in the throat. you Notice the movement of air in the passageway. Sensing the breath in the chest, the torso, the lifting and falling of the ribcage, the shoulders, the shoulder blades. Feeling the breath in the belly. Lifting and falling the abdomen, diaphragm. letting your attention now settle in the place where you feel the breath most clearly, nostrils, throat, chest, belly. Or you just be present to the whole cycle of breath from the nostrils to belly and back. Whatever allows you to connect most tangibly with the breath. Feel that sense of receiving the breath like you receive a sound. That it's happening effortlessly. Sensations are known quite effortlessly when we place our attention there. of course, it's natural that we'll notice many other things, sounds, other physical sensations, thoughts, images, feelings. And today, for the most part, our practice is simply to notice those things when they come and go. And then to keep reorienting the attention to the breath. So we develop a steady continuity. Each time you notice the attention is lost in thought, that itself is a moment of mindfulness. Without judgment, releasing the thought, returning to the breath, recognizing, releasing and returning over and over. Becoming intimate with the breath. Curious how each breath is distinct. We notice the beginning of an in-breath. Sustain the attention just for that in-breath. Aware of the beginning of the out-breath, sustain the attention for that out-breath. And being aware of the pause space between breaths, staying present. The next in-breath comes in. natural that the mind will continue to think. If the mind is particularly busy, it may be helpful to make a soft mental note of in on the in-breath, out on the out-breath as a support for tethering attention to the breath. Or using counting. Having one after the in-breath, two after the out-breath, up to 10, and starting again at one. And if the attention wanders, starting always back again at one. by keeping the attention primarily with the physical experience of the breath, and the note counting like a whisper in the back of the mind. In the last few minutes of the sitting, no matter how far the attention may have strayed, knowing it takes only a moment to return this moment, this breath. I'd like to share this poem, part of a poem from Billy Collins, ex-Poet Laureate. And um, it's a poem called In the Moment. And part of the poem, he says, um, it was a day in June, all lawn and sky, and I wanted nothing more than to be in the present moment. But which moment? Not this one or that one, or any of those, didn't seem perfectly right for me. And besides, I was too knotted up with questions about the past and his tall, evasive sister, the future. And besides, what were we going to serve the vegetarian twins who were coming for dinner that evening? And why was the driver of that pickup truck hurtling down towards the railroad tracks? And so the priceless moments of the day were squandered one by one, or more likely a thousand at a time with quandary and pointless interrogation. All I wanted to be was a pea of being inside the green part of time, but that was not gonna happen today, I had to admit to myself. So how many moments of quandary and pointless interrogation were we lost in in that meditation? Probably a few. Right? <coughs> If we could project all of your minds on the screen, (laughs) you know, give you one of those neurofeedback headsets, you know, plug you into the mainframe and, you know, we'd see that there's a lot of wandering mind, right? Welcome to being human. Welcome to having a busy mind and a brain. So, um, that's the training, right? Anybody notice some thoughts? Anybody thinking a lot? Anybody not thinking a lot? Right? We come into a retreat from our lives, you know, and, and our lives are pretty full with all kinds of things work and family and worries and hopes and and an interaction with this environment and what is this and what am I doing here, and how do I navigate it and it's a lot of thoughts, a lot of busy mind so that's one of the things that we work with. how do we learn to See when we're not here, and without judging that, kindly but firmly bringing our attention back over and over and over. And often the practice is one more of returning. In the beginning, we're returning, returning, returning from wandering, right? and it's sometimes shocking how much we wander. You know, someone asks you in the street. You know, can you concentrate? And you'll say, yeah, I can you know, work hard at my job and I'm pretty focused. You know? But if we really pay attention, we see that it's actually, our focus is not quite as um, steady as we think it is right, at times. So we practice. That's why it's called practice, <laughs> training. Right? It's a discipline. In the beginning, it's discipline, like over and over. Just like, this, as Prima Chodron said, training a dog. You know, our minds are like this young Labrador puppy. <laughs> Ooh, thoughts. Ooh, spirit rock. Ooh, what's for dinner? Ooh, right? And we have to like, okay, yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and come, stay, stay, stay. So the more that we can become curious about what's here, in this case, it's the breath. We'll expand and be aware of sounds and sensations and feelings and the rest of our experience. But the more curious we can be, the more we're going to actually want to stay here. And so we have to find a way to, to become intimate with the breath, really study like a, like a biologist studying you know, a rare exotic plant as if for the first time. So any questions thus far about your being here, about your meditation, or about the instructions this morning? And um, So we'll have questions and answer periods every morning and maybe other times too. And um, just know if you have a question that most likely half the room has the question at some point. Similarly, and We have similar minds and similar habits and similar struggles. So... Any questions, challenges? Yes, uh, at the back. I would be curious about how your meditation is different now, 30 years practicing, than it was in your very first retreat. Um, well, I know my memory's really bad, so I have no idea really what it was like 30 years ago, but, <clears throat> um well, it's very relaxed. I used to be, I used to have a lot of control with my breath, a lot of tightness and struggle with that. I used to, <coughs> I used to beat myself up a lot for thinking, which was really problematic since I thought all the time. Um, and, um, I was trying to get somewhere back then. I'm not trying to get anywhere except just be here. So there's a relaxed, uh, allowing and acceptance of my experience of myself and certain ease, and, you know, a lot more awareness, a lot more presence. Um, you know, of course, my brain will keep thinking, you know, it's what brains do. So it's not like I don't, it's not like there's an, a void of thoughts, right? I still think, and I still get distracted, and um, but certainly a lot less, and certainly a lot, lot less interfering of a sense of balance and well-being. Just one, one thing, one difference. Questions about your meditation, mindfulness of breath, or just being here in retreat? Yeah. What is my daily practice like? Meditation practice or? Um, You know, for the first probably. <clears throat> I'd say 15 15 20 years it was very regular you know you know 30, 30 45 minutes a day um and then after that less regular but more just more integrated into my life you know so Yeah, it's really, and we'll talk at the end about the importance of regular practice, because just like learning anything requires training, right? So, and retreats are the the, the sort of way of expediting the training. Yes? So when you're out walking around here in nature, you're noticing how beautiful the trees are, the skies. Is that your mind watering, or is that present in the That depends. <laughs> so um when you're walking around and you're present to the environment, you know, beauty, sounds, sights, smells, right? Yeah, that is being mindful, being aware of the present moment experience. And then usually what happens is You know, we notice that, we notice the view, we notice the sounds, and then we go, I wonder what that bird is. Sounds like a meadowlark. We don't hear meadowlarks much anymore. I wonder, I heard that they were declining, and I wonder if it's because of, you know, habitat loss, and... No, I think it's actually a thrush. (laughs) And I love thrushes, and we had them back home, (laughs) back in New England, and it just always takes me back home. That's what happens. Pretty much, we see something, we immediately move into labeling, classifying, identifying, memory, association. I want to plant that tree in my back garden when I get home. (laughs) It's really quick. So yes, we, we are present to the beauty and the loveliness here, and then we notice what we add to it. So partly what practice helps seeing is how much we add to experience. We add thoughts, Judgments, preferences, desires, etc. So, if I I could clarify the the answer, would it be like when you're noticing the birds without words, that's present when you're circling into words about the birds or trees or mountains, then we're out of present? Sort of. Generally speaking, yes. In that we're no longer present to say looking at the grasses, but we're thinking about our lawn at home, right? But, you know, we can be, we can be mindful of thinking. That's also possible. But usually we get very easily lost in our thinking. So we lose that mindful awareness. And mindfulness is the conscious knowing of what we're doing, right? when we see a beautiful bird and we're immediately lost in thought about ornithology, we've lost the conscious knowing of thinking about that. So we want to see that habit. Again, not to judge it, it's natural. right? We see a tree, it's like, oh, is that a live oak or a California oak or a black oak or a red oak? That's what we do. That's how we organize the world. It's useful. Right? Biology, botany, astronomy, but we get lost in the words and, and we lose the direct experience. And mindfulness is partly learning to come back to direct experience of what's actually happening. What is the sound of that bird versus my classification of it? Can I add to that? Hmm. Can, you say, um, can people hear me? No, no, put your mic on. Put your mic on. Well, you can, might be, but always good for put. So, uh, I. I'm someone who is always looking at nature and it affects me profoundly. And what I've learned to do is if I catch myself starting to have that further thought or the moment I notice that I'm noticing the light on the grass, I try to imagine what it feels like in my heart. So in other words, if I could almost see with my heart and it just kind of quiets the mind and allows me to just take in what's there, without a lot of thinking, if that's helpful. Yes. Um, I find it difficult to, going back to the breath, to not like, control the breath, but mm-hmm. kind of let it happening on its own. Do mm-hmm. um, you have any advice, mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah, as I said, I I did that a lot. And I started practicing. Anybody else controlling their breath? Usually about a third of the room would be doing some form of manipulating, controlling. And, um, you know, it's natural that when we bring attention to something, it does alter it to some degree. And, um, so a few things. One is, um, one is not a problem. It's just probably what, what happens at times. And so if we can take the problem out of it, because if we think it's a problem, then we start struggling. Oh, I'm doing that control breath, oh, I shouldn't do that. And oh, they told me not to. No, I'm gonna right, so you just notice, oh the breath's a little tight, a little forced or a little controlled. me notice that. Seeing if we can release it. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Um if it's if it's just a mild control, it's not a big deal. If it feels very constricting and it makes it hard to breathe or hard to relax or hard to focus. Then shift your attention away from the breath. Let the breath go and bring your attention either to sounds, if there's a lot of sounds, or just be aware of your whole body sitting for a while and just allow, again, what that does is when you shift the attention away from the breath, it allows the breath to return to its natural rhythm for the most part. And then you can come, then after a few moments or minutes, you come back to the breath and see if you can resume that attentiveness without the grip coming. The grip might come right back, so you might stay with just the breath slightly controlled, or you shift again back to sounds or to the awareness of the body sitting. So you're sort of play, working with it. Um, And at times we just notice, oh, the breath is slightly held, you know, here or wherever the breath is held. Sometimes even just shifting, so there's a thing called touch points where we pay attention to a touch point like the feet touching the ground, the knees touching the ground, the hands touching. So you can, so after the out-breath, you shift your attention to a touch point. You breathe in, breathe out, I notice my feet. And I keep my attention on the feet until the in-breath comes in by itself. Usually the most grip happens on the in-breath. Out breath sort of happens more naturally. So if you so you're basically tricking your your mind a little bit. You breathe in, you breathe out. And there's a touch point or two, and then the in breath comes in by itself, and then you ride the in breath in. So you're less doing the in breath; it's just happening by itself, and then you resume that awareness. It's also a nice way to develop concentration using a touch point. Sometimes, if you pause between breaths as long. It's easy to, that's when we often space out. So you breathe in, breathe out, notice a touch point. sit bones, or your knees, feet, until next and breath comes in. Breathe in, breathe out, touching, in, out, touching. Anything else? Like sleepy. Ah, yes, sleepy, that, yes. Anybody else sleepy? Yeah, half the room, yeah. Some some wailing wall practice going on this morning. I noticed mm-hmm. holy day. Um, so a few things to do. One is just acknowledge. You know, sleepiness happens. Right, we're tired. We have busy lives. We're usually underslept. We usually have to work hard before we got here. So there's extra level of tiredness. Maybe sleeping in a strange bed, sleeping with a roommate. You know, there's a lot of reasons why we might not be so rested, particularly in the first day. Usually we just arrive with a backlog of tiredness because we just we all work so hard. And we, we're, we're generally, as a culture, underslept. So acknowledging that, the body may just be tired. And in the meditation, eyes closed, body still, the rain goes, oh, must be nap time. <laughs> you know, and then, no matter what we do, someone was standing, which is a lovely, the, 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 the best antidote to, to sleepiness is just to stand up. Just, and we'll, we'll do that in a moment. We'll do some standing practice. We just stand up. And you wake you, you wake yourself up with standing. It's much more energizing, much more risk of falling asleep. About six feet of risk in my case. Um, so just, you know, feel the energy stand, continue the practice standing. And if you feel sufficiently enlivened, you can sit back down or just stay standing. Opening the eyes is the, the first obvious thing to do. If you're sleepy, just open the eyes. Look out the window. It's bright. The, the light helps wake up the body. Um take in take some deeper breaths. Sit upright. And you're basically trying to enliven your body a little bit. So you counteract to just the that tendency to slump. And um and then try and connect. Once you've done that, try and really connect with the breath. The more the more you're connected to the experience, the more it brings energy. And that will keep the momentum going. If you don't connect with the breath, you're just still spacing out. That will also lead to sleepiness. And sleepiness happens. You know, you might do all those things and you're still just, I think I'm present. I think I'm present. Bell. <laughs> and sometimes you just have a nap. You know, you just, you just rest a little bit and you might, you know. Yeah, energy cyclical, right? So you might have a little, you might go out for a few minutes and then when you come back, there's a lot more energy. So we try the energizing practices first. If all else fails, rest a little. And if that, and if you're really exhausted, which some of you I'm sure are from either not sleeping, jet lag, whatever, also take a nap today. You know, after the meals, lunch particularly, tea time, take a rest, sleep. If you keep, if you can barely stay awake at all in here, then just go take a nap during the walking period. You know, not all day, just you know. <laughs> And don't use that as an excuse for every walking period. But you know, if you're particularly tired, you know, resting on the first day will 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 help you arrive more quickly. So, and it's really good to honor the body because we're so we push the body so much. It's nice to actually relax here. Okay, <clears throat> running out of time. So let's um, we're gonna do a little standing and walking practice. So, and invite you all to stand. <coughs> And how many of you have not done any or much walking meditation? If you just raise your hands. How many people haven't done much walking meditation? Okay. So walking meditation is you know, definitely not as common as, as sitting. We tend to associate meditation with uh, the sitting posture. <clears throat> and um, But of course we can't sit all day because our knees would, would, would rebel so, um, so we do alternative postures. right? The, the, the idea with standing and, and walking is we get to experience how to be present in another activity, right? In our day, we sit, we stand, we walk, and we lie down. That's our main postures. <clears throat> so we want to learn to be present in all of those experiences. So in, in the sitting, standing, in the walking, we learn to take that Careful attention to our inner experience, and we learn to bring that into movement. (coughs) So, excuse me. (coughs) So, just standing. So, when we, we, when we do our walking practice, first we stand. (coughs) And we just be present to standing. So, right now, just notice your body. Notice how you're standing. I bring my attention mostly into my feet. Feel the contact. You might want to close your eyes just to turn the attention again inwards. Feel the contact of your feet with the floor. Feel the hardness, softness. Just notice all the sensations of weight, touching, density, heaviness, pressure in the feet. Notice legs moving, muscles contracting, relaxing. Feel into how we're always in movement. We're never still. Body's always gently swaying, adjusting. Standing and aware of standing. Aware of your breath might be slightly different standing than sitting. Notice your energy might be a little more energized. Might be more uncomfortable standing. And then, so we stand for a while before we start walking, and then just to play with the experience of walking, just ask you to move your attention, move your weight from left to right, which is what happens when we move. We just, we move our weight to one leg and we step. You can maybe do some walking in. You can walk forward, just take a few quiet steps, otherwise just stand and walk in place. Notice you lift your foot, ankle, step, and you feel the sensations of touching, placing. Lift your back foot, The lifting, movement, swinging of the foot, touching. There's a lot going on in the movement. He's coming back to standing. So, in the sitting practice, the primary focus is the breath. In the, in the walking practice, the primary focus is, in the beginning, just in keeping our attention in our bodies, primarily in the feet and the legs. you just aware of the feet moving, lifting, placing. Where the knees, the calves, the muscles, the swing of the body. There's a lot goes on. Right? You watch a one-year-old child learning to walk, right? It's a whole process of stepping. And then we get used to that and we just do it on autopilot, which is why then we go upstairs to start thinking, right? Because it's doing, happening by itself. So in this walking practice here, we, uh, we're not going for a walk. We're not going for a hike. We're just simply walking up and down. So you find a place, maybe I would probably find a place from here to the wall, and I just, or in this room, well, we can't walk in this room, but there's a, there is a lower walking room, which is similar size to this one, down underneath it, the main dharma hall, which is, you go down these stairs out the, out to the left, and there's a stairway goes down, so you're welcome to walk inside, or you're welcome to walk outside. There's a lovely paved area here, or on the roads, there's some lovely paths out in the back, So just find an area where you can walk, you know, 20, 30, 40 steps. And you simply walk up and down. So you find your walking place, you stop for a moment. Mindfully walk, attention in your body primarily. Get to the end, 30 steps, whatever, stop. Turn around, pause, walk. And of course, just like in the sitting, your your attention may have wandered off 10 times between here and that wall. Right. What am I doing? I feel so weird. What's for lunch? God, I'm tired. I forgot to send that email to my boss. God damn it. You know, whatever it is. And then we come back. All right. Here, spirit rock, stepping, hearing a sound, standing, turning, stepping. Right? Over and over. It's the training. Simple training, patient, persistent, kind. Right. We're not, we're not yanking on my butt like, God damn it, pay attention. No, just, oh there you go, spaced out, come back. Distracted, come back. No idea where I was, come back. Being in your body, maybe noticing your breath at times. Of course, and when we're walking, there's a lot more going on. We notice sounds, we notice sights and people around us. And so the idea is you keep your attention, keep your eyes down a little so your attention is mostly on your inner experience. There'll be other times where we walk and we're really aware of nature and all of our senses, but for now we're just learning to arrive here, this body, this breath. So we'll do that for a while. I think it's about half an hour. There'll be a bell rang outside, and then that'll be a cue to come back, use the bathroom, drink some water, whatever, and um, we'll do some more sitting. You have your hands down beside your Sides, or in your pockets, or hold hold your hands in front of you. Whatever's comfortable. So the the walking is 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 natural. We're not doing any kind of any particular kind of walk. It's not a tai chi walk. You're just walking, very ordinary. And in terms of the pace, you can walk at whatever pace feels comfortable. So you might want to walk at normal pace. After the after the meditation, sometimes you might want to walk um, a little briskly just to wake up your body, especially if you're tired. And then You might play with slowing down the speed a little bit just to allow a little more dropping in, concentration. But I let my body dictate the speed. Right, So I start off normal pace and then I'll probably slow it down. The body just seems to want to slow down as we get more calm and concentrated. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit